Hello and welcome to the More Than Muscle podcast. We are joined today by another member of the More Than Muscle crew who's very excited and just a smidge shy. <laughs> Annie, do you want to say hello? Uh, hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> That's lovely. Uh, hello. We're, we're, we're thinking about what to say, like a grand entrance. I meant to have a grand entrance. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm expecting like. It was on the brief. Bells, whistles. We just says introduce Annie. Um, someone, someone get the tambourine out. Let's I think that's Max's. I think that's Max's uh, thing, isn't my, it? My you domain. have to do the grand entrance. Yeah, you're okay. Annie can't um, grand entrance herself. Yeah. Oh, okay, fine. Doesn't okay. That's not how we roll. You have to say nice things about me. There we uh, go. Okay. <laughs> and it's recorded <laughs> for everyone to hear. Uh, I can't physically do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, should we pause the podcast here? <laughs> um, so, Annie, I'm, I'm sure you're you're an avid listener, as just everyone is of the yes. podcast. So you know, this season we're just doing uh, facts about various different things. Yes. This episode, I thought space would be uh, an, an interesting topic. Um, you can present it how you like. Oh. I put on the brief like an alien. Oh, like an alien. Um, if you want to, if you want to give it a gander. I'm gonna not speak like an alien. Are you really? Just go with not northern accent and we'll. I mean, that's, that. that might as well be alien. Yeah, yeah. Alien. Not, it's northern really, accent. Regardless, no one can understand what you're saying, Annie. Exactly. So. Exactly. It's fine. Um, Andy, do you want to kick us off because you look quite excited? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's alien and there's golem, but yeah. you know, you know what does an alien want? even sound like? I, I, Example. Well, show me. No. no? Come on. <laughs> Nightmare. One million Earths can fit inside the sun. Oh, so fuck global warming. It's always going to be hot, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but we're not in the sun. We what? are in Cyprus. Mm-hmm. We're always in the fucking sun, aren't we? Ah, uh, mm-hmm. knowledge. Knowledge. <laughs> oh. Nat, also, hang on. The amount of times you say "fuck global warming" on this podcast, I know. It's a bit worrying. It's, it's, it comes it's, up a lot. It's, it's my fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've put across the messages I want to put across. <laughs> I will climate change deny when I climate change. Deny. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Nat, you want with yours? I don't know if I could do a. I never you do bloody the accents. Can. You bloody can. I heard you do it before. I think an alien would speak like this. <laughs> <laughs> a full NASA spacesuit costs... Actually, guess how much it costs. Oh, okay. Five I as done. George. I'm, I'm going to say... Uh, I don't want to overshoot it because then that makes it sound sound pitiful, but I'm going to say something like 750 grand or something obscene. Okay, something Andy. Obscene. I reckon you could get that at like TK Maxx. You just got to go on the right day. No, and like an actual like full one that you quid? can send up to space. Like no, come pound? on. Annie, what do you reckon? Twenty pounds. Annie, what do you reckon? Like, I reckon over a million. I don't know how much. Million pounds. I'm sure this is like the top fact. You Google space facts. I'm sure I saw. Oh, wait, it's like a five or at George or something. No, what, are you, what are you saying? Twelve pound million yeah. pounds. Oh, Who insane. cares about Balenciaga blood? Twelve million pounds for nah. a spacesuit. Wow. Uh, I think we're all in the wrong business. And you thought your weightlifting shoes were expensive. Crazy. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, I'll hit you with mine, and we'll, we'll have That's like, a dramatic crescendo. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm gonna. I'm, I don't know if I should try and emulate you. Do a little it. Bit emulate now. me. Um, oh, emulate oh. me. Have you have you just learned that word? Do you mm. excited? Alienate him. Alienate me. <laughs> Or one year, if you ran at Usain Bolt's top speed during his 100 metre 
world record. Just maintain that the whole time. Yeah, I will for the whole episode. Yeah, he ran at 27 miles per hour was his top oh. speed during oh. 100, uh, 100 meters uh, world record. But yeah, it would take you nine years to oh. walk or one year if you could sustain that pace. I bet he was only at third Same. gear as well. Yeah, probably. Probably, it was probably warming up. No, 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 nine years. Nine years. Oh, oh that's fine before. then. <laughs> oh, that's okay then. Just nine years. <laughs> Well, Annie, there you are. Finish us off. Okay, Take us off my space fact doubles up as a weight loss fact because Ooh. because of lower gravity, a person who weighs two hundred and twenty pounds on Earth would only weigh eighty four pounds on Mars. Hey, that is sick. That's how we get our before and after. Weight loss. <laughs> Shoot them out there. Transformation. Get up there now. <laughs> weigh yourself. And come weigh back yourself. Come back there. Wow. Fucking hate gravity anyway. Damn it. <laughs> when somebody's like oh I um when they're like oh I'm so heavy it's like that's just re- your relation to the pull of gravity onto the exactly. earth <laughs> do you know you get taller if you go to space as well your spine actually elongates because really? gravity's no longer pushing you down I so feel like I feel like space is the place I need to be lighter and taller <laughs> this is the solution I think it's like three three odd centimetres Annie, um, do you want to take us through a little bit about your journey into fitness? You're the new More Than Muscle trainer. Ding, ding, ding. Congratulations. <laughs> um, I say congratulations. That implies it's a good thing. Uh, you hang out with us on a daily basis. <laughs> um, but you have a bit of a powerlifting background, so why don't you talk, well, talk to us about kind that? Kind of. Um, do you want me to start like at the beginning of how I got into fitness? That's straight from, from the womb to yeah. now is well, what I want. Well, skip like the first 18 years because they're not important. But okay. basically, I started. The, uh, this is just a quick segue I started running when I was like 18 or something <gasps> but pretty quickly I injured my calf but I was like oh no I can't run but I want to carry on training mm. so then I started going gym and because I had no idea what I was doing I would just follow like those generic Instagram programs yeah. so, like I just follow Insta like fit, uh, fitness influencers workouts mm. that they would post online what were some of the that. finest exercises you took out of it those? would just be all the like booty band stuff nice. like, I can't like imagine the, you doing that I did I did <laughs> no, I that's like when I started just because I didn't know any better I had no mm. idea what I was doing so, did it work? I mean did it work? I don't know like my goal I don't know what my goal was at the time I'm just like I want to go to the gym yeah. so I definitely got stronger like I do remember the first time I ever deadlifted I did deadlift like 100 kilos that was quite cool small flex yeah a little bit mm. just um, a little flex but then yeah so I did that for like one two three years maybe just like not no structure generally no idea what I was doing and then when I went to uni I like looked up that the uni had a weightlifting and a powerlifting team so I was like cool when I go to uni I'll join these teams so I can mm. like Mm. actually have some structure and like goals to work towards instead of just go to the gym so I joined weightlifting and powerlifting at university go on. and trained twice a week with the weightlifting club twice a week with the powerlifting club one of those was on the same day sick I just was like let's just do everything because this is great this is how you train mm. so I'd weightlift at like midday and then powerlift in like the sick. evening madness um, and I did that for like four months I think mm. and then eventually was like no I like weightlifting I'll weightlift mm. so then weightlifted for two years which was fun I enjoyed yeah. weightlifting for two years but I also injured my shoulder within like the first two months <laughs> <laughs> maybe from overtraining who knows mm. um, and then never really knew how to deal with that properly so for like the next two years I did current training but could never really train properly and eventually I just got fed up of 
being frustrated, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So I switched to powerlifting. And then that's been like a year and a half now of powerlifting. So that's how we got there. What sort of motivated you to train so much? So you talked about weightlifting and powerlifting even in the same To be day. honest, I think what at the start, it was just because I loved it. Like mm. with the uni team, like it was a social thing as well. So like mm-hmm. the sessions, okay, yeah, I trained for two hours, but there's so many of you in a group, you don't mm. actually do that much lifting. At least six reps so for like, the whole session. It's not super intense. Like it's not too much volume. So like I could just about get away with it, but... I definitely would have been training like five or six times a week and like yeah powerlifting on two or three days weightlifting two or three days so it wasn't and like squatting like i don't know four times a week so mm-hmm. i'd squat in every session so it was too much but mm-hmm. i just loved it i just found it really fun so what, that was why what <laughs> drugs were you on that's my idea of how i mean obviously you have you have burnout you're going to have uh, some motivational issues <laughs> uh, fatigue small nagging injuries which may start to flare up and mm. do you want to do you want to talk to us a little bit about a bit about overtraining and the sort of negative impact that can potentially have, you know, if someone's going for multiple sessions a day on a regular basis. Yeah, I, I also think it goes the other way as well. We'll talk about it, but... Undertraining. Like, yeah, we know, like, we know most people are undertraining. Most people are like, oh man, I'm, I think I'm overtraining. And you're like, come on, fuck's sake. You need to start lifting. It's not, you, you're not really getting through that much volume. It's an excuse. But... Some of the signs of overtraining will be number one, grip strength. That tends to go. And there's lots of research that shows that grip strength will so show you how strong someone is and what that capability is. But it'll also show you if they're fatigued, if it's far away from that position. Mm-hmm. There's also stuff that correlates with like life expectancy. So grip strength is a big one. Um, the other thing is like if your numbers are just falling away from the norm, that's like one that you will see. Um, and then there's like agitation and frustration, they kind of come in, but it gets more complex when you have a female and you have the menstrual cycle in a way, particularly when they don't measure it. And you get a lot of like miscalculations on, oh, why am I not performing? And it's not how it should be. And it's like, it's okay to rest during this time or it's, all, it's okay to push during this time. And those are kind of the markers that need measuring. But a lot of the time people don't overtrain. They yeah. just think they do. No, think that's a big issue they think they do I think it's largely a, a, a lack of knowledge about how you're training mm. and that's probably mm. what's causing the issues that's what's causing the soreness the joint aches etc it's not for that you're doing it too much it's you're not doing it in a smart but way but about recovery as well because if people don't I don't think people, everyone thinks about recovery mm. like sleeping and eating yeah. <laughs> just and, like and two simple things <laughs> that's yeah maybe you're maybe you're not over training maybe you're under recovery exactly like, yeah. Yeah. It's, not, it's not the fact that your training is bad or too much rather is the fact that you're not penciling in deloads you're not penciling mm. in recoveries and the other thing is with sports like weightlifting or powerlifting you get a lot of overuse because it's the same movement pattern so it's like how do you you know deload away from them maybe use other movement patterns to get around certain things and people don't really look at frequency either it's like well I've got one day to train everything it's like what if you spread it over you know the week and stuff like that so it's quality of work rather than quantity as well and measuring that out but if that fails get on the drugs <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned you're doing it at the moment Annie. like just just before we came came into the studio you said you'd, you'd hit a session that's a little away from your your classic uh, powerlifting blocks well it's more yeah because uh sort of the end of last year like summer to the end of last year i took a bit of a break from mm-hmm. i think i took maybe a month or so fully off. No, maybe that's not true, but definitely off like 
squat bench deadlift sort of heavy compounds i was just doing what i would call accessories basically hmm. anything else <laughs> for like a few months so. high bar back squat is an accessory for you hell yeah um so i was just training like maybe three or four days a week like little circuits so not what i would class proper training at all for like a good few months and then i finally was like no i want to get back into it so I did like an intro block but my intro block was like three days a week and it was meant to be four or five weeks but i think it took me seven or eight weeks to actually get through it so mm. was not a lot of training really in that time and then i did a block of powerlifting but i think i just did a bit too much because mm -hmm. i hurt myself a little bit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're taking a few steps back <laughs> to try and just fix my body a little bit move better and then load from there <laughs> yeah i think i think deloading is a tricky thing psychologically for a lot of people mm -hmm. like you know you want to hit it again and again and you perceive that taking a week to scale back that that's actually going to have a negative impact on your overall strength um but i think it takes it, a bunch of studies have recently shown that you should it, it takes about three weeks for any sort of muscular strength decline mm -hmm. and about one mm -hmm. for some cardiovascular decline so yeah obviously if you're not moving at all maybe you know you'll be blowing a little bit more but in terms of like strength output it's going to take a little while longer than mm. one week of lifting 80% to actually have a significant yeah, impact on your overall strength. I mean, even on the deload, like you don't just stop training. No. Like, yeah. no. Everything just doesn't stop. Like you still can continue. Mm. Mm. Like well, your, yeah. your um, volume might be decreased or your load might be decreased, but... Mm. It, um, you don't just stop training. You still take it over. Yeah. Well, fatigue mask performance is the thing, and it's like the law of accommodation is when you become accustomed, accustomed rather, when you become accustomed to the stimulus that you're constantly around. So if you're fatigued, the stimulus is going to be shit. That's what you get accustomed to, and that's how you will become trained. So like if you don't actually factor in recovery, you're basically going to be shit. You don't know how good you could be. Exactly. That's that's the nugget. You don't know how could you could how good you could actually get it to. How would you say people best go about optimizing recovery then? So we talked a little bit about sleep and food, mm. uh, very broad terms. But I think a lot of people struggle with both of those things. I think particularly sleep. I mean, what I find quite amusing is that there's so many different trackers, and a lot of them revolve around sleep. How long are you in deep sleep for? How long are you? Um, in whatever shower I'm not sleep, sure what about those trackers like, what are you going to do with that information <laughs> I just think if I've had a really good sleep and I actually think oh yep yeah, I'm waking up good and I look at my watch and it says you had four hours sleep <laughs> 15 minutes of which were deep I'm like <laughs> fuck you <laughs> I, I tried fine. and then it like makes me think uh, am I tired like I feel yeah. okay mm. but should I be tired um, I think people need to actually factor in rest and recovery. I think people only factor that in when they think that they suddenly need it, mm. but they should factor that in yeah. no matter where they are. During like, their sessions when, as well, yeah. yeah. As recovery periods, no. they're very important. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we know that the neuromuscular system takes six times longer than the muscular system to recover. So if you're lifting big stuff, and you're frying your neuromuscular system, you're obviously mm. gonna have to fa factor it in. But there's lots of stuff like heart rate monitors and heart rate variability and all this stuff that you can measure. But I think a lot of it comes down to the intricacies of your actual program and how you pair things up, how mm. much rest you give, you know, how much volume are you getting through, what's the day split, how much units of muscles you're using across the split of the, the week. I think those are the things that people don't really look at. And if you actually look at it, you won't fry yourself. Yeah. And it then makes it easier to step away when it's like, okay, now I'm not gonna power lift, for example, for like 
two to three weeks I'm going to do some like remedial stuff hypertrophy stuff and then come back back to it and you won't feel so guilty about it because everything's mm. been measured properly you're talking about getting fried as well and obviously your neuromuscular system burning out you obviously burn out when you're in that low end mm. like maximum 95 to 100% of your, your your capacity so I mean Annie that's a, that's a question I think I've got for you for someone that spends so much time working in that sort of those sort of loading parameters how mm. do you deal psychologically with potentially not hitting a lift because I'm aware whenever you're working in potentially a bodybuilding phase or an endurance phase where you're you know higher in your rep bracket it's not necessarily that bad you know if I got you know nine reps rather than ten I'm fine with that but if you're going for like heavy singles I think a lot of people could easily become quite demotivated if they don't hit that but I don't know whether whether you like can bounce back from that what so you're asking if say if I've if I've got if you, if you don't hit a lift if I'm going for a, num- a number and miss it basically yeah exactly yeah, yeah. to be fair um, I've not truly maxed out mm. since powerlifting like very often slash ever. Mm. Bench, I've failed bench a few times because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I find it a lot harder to judge like mm-hmm. RPE. But I don't think I've ever hit like a true RPE ten squat in that mm. like I've had nothing left in the tank. Same with deadlift. So like I've not. And then with bench, it doesn't bother me that much for some reason. I don't know why. I'm just kind of like, oh, no, I misjudged that. I'll try again next week. So your bronze medal uh, of, of the three lifts. Yeah, I really want to get better at bench. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, I can tell you want to jump in. Yeah, uh, whenever you train for a sport that is about the peak of the weight, mm-hmm. you don't actually train at that percentage that long, that mm-hmm. often. You have to build a base, and you work off big bases, and then you peak for those bigger numbers, mm-hmm. and then you drop back off again, you work the big base, and then you peak again. But if you do do what you just suggested, that's when you will be fried because yeah. you can't burn it. And and most people, when they go to the sport at the beginning or if they've just seen it on YouTube, that's <laughs> how they will try and attempt it. And you realise you hit a wall very quickly. Mm. I, I don't think, think I've ever done a no. one rep max on my weightlifting yet. And uh, I've been doing it for like 10 months. Yeah. I don't think I've ever done one. Mm. Mm. Do, you think, yeah. do, do you think that's, that's something which... I don't know whether it could have have a negative psychological impact on you when it comes to actually shifting it because then say you go for a comp a powerlifting comp a weightlifting comp you have to then do your heavy single if you've done that only once maybe twice are you going to get in your own head about seeing all that weight on the bar yeah but you have three lifts yeah and your first lift shouldn't be your peak so you do mm-hmm. it yeah. once you've lifted it oh that's good you would have done your you would have done your first lift before because if you mm. if you go out and you max out and you miss your first lift, then you're like, on the podium and you're like, oh fuck, yeah, yeah. it's in my head. I'm not going to make this now, and you mess the whole three up. So you shouldn't go into it like it's tactical as well. Mm. Right, I mean, Laurel Hubbard, if Olympians can mm. fail all three lifts, then because I feel like if you if you go into a comp, you've obviously trained, you've done a peak for that comp. So mm. even if it, if you're going mm. for a number you've never hit before, ideally you should be confident you're going to hit it anyway mm. because mm. you're like, I've trained mm. for this, like I'm prepared. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Saying that, it was. A training for a comp that put me off piloting because the pressure was like <laughs> I was like exactly, that's, that, that's exactly what I mean I'm aware pressure gets to everyone mm. it's, it's 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 all well and good saying oh, I, I know I've been working towards this my training says that I should hit this but on the day especially if there's a crowd watching you know it can be a very different kettle of fish for a lot of people oh, 100%. you know yeah. what's mad if I was training bodybuilder I train him in the same way mm. the only difference is the transfer effect but I'd still train him in the same way and cycle it like that so they grow good tissue mm. It'd just be different lifts and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Looking at looking at, at people who actually are overtraining, I'm aware it's not as many people as uh, as they m- might actually think. Um, 
when you when you are when you're becoming a little obsessive about working towards it i think orthorexia is something which isn't necessarily spoken about and i think it's, it's a tricky thing i don't know whether you guys have anything that you might look for if you can see that someone's going for that and whether you'd feel the need to interject or maybe say something to, to, to a person that you can see is trying to clearly burn in the oil, uh, burn mm. the candle at both ends, I should say. It's common. You know, training, like, you know, I mean, we see people in the it's gym common. like two, three sessions a day, a couple of classes, sit on the bike for an hour afterwards. It's and common. I'm just thinking to myself, I'd like to say something to you. Mm. And I don't necessarily know that I feel comfortable enough to bring that up because I don't want to make you feel judged for working really hard because I can see that you're working hard and I know your intentions are right, but I don't know whether you're becoming obsessive and whether that's actually going to be unhealthy for you. Is orthorexia about disordered eating as well? Like, yeah, so, so orthorexia is obsessive, um, obsessive healthy With eating. Hel- like healthy, yeah. but like... Yeah, healthy eating, but then the, 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 the um, fitness training side of things is a substrate of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I think it's something you can't attack in a one window, so you can't just go up to someone and say, hey... This is what I think is happening. Mm-hmm. It needs lots of repeated efforts of trying to educate that individual, and ultimately, that individual wants to need to want to improve. Mm-hmm. And then, ultimately, if the education's relayed to them over a lot, they'll start. You know, you're facilitating their learning. They'll start finding out about it and changing. Mm-hmm. But like, it's quite deeply ingrained, so you have to be careful on how you get it across to them because they might just shut the door in your face and go, "No, I'm this not. is not. This is not. Yeah. not this is. I'm doing the right I thing. Think- I'm working hard." It depends what their personality is like as well and if they're open to learning and they might be new new to exercise and mm-hmm. I know that I, I think most people when they start with exercise or nutrition they do get a bit obsessed with it mm-hmm. like they do they, they want to do everything right because you think if you do one slip up yeah that oh my god I remember when I started eating healthy and I thought I had to do bloody fish and greens for two weeks mm. i bet my mum looked at me and thought oh my god is she anorexic mm. is she got a problem she got a problem with food yeah. but i thought i had the healthiest diet ever yeah but it just takes like as you as you start to grow and develop your knowledge with like your body what it can handle what it can tolerate your nutrition your strength then mm. you it you do kind of grow with it but mm. I think one of the hardest things is when someone trains concurrent energy systems. Mm. So like, all right, sports like that would be like MMA, it would be like um, certain, you know, combat sports or even CrossFit. And the problem is when you have concurrent energy systems, you never really prime any of them if you're not careful in how you do that. But what happens is with a lot of clients that come in that do wads and all the rest Mm. of it, that stuff's not programmed properly. They don't really know what they're priming apart from fatigue, but they get att- they get addicted to the feeling of the fatigue. Mm-hmm. And then all they're really doing is chipping away at driving themselves into a big hole mm-hmm. that they then don't know how to get out of once they've burnt out. Mm-hmm. And that's overtraining that we see quite common, but they don't even know it. Mm-hmm. They're just going for it. They love it. Yeah. I think it's the intentions. What intention do they have? Like, why are they, why are they training so much? Like, are they wanting to lose weight? Are they doing it to punish themselves? Are they doing it to get away from home life? Are they Mm. doing it for a competition? Are they doing it because they genuinely love it? I think if the intention is there, then who cares if they want to train every day? Yeah, no, I'm absolutely not. It depends what the intention is. I'm not knocking training every day. I think training every day is Mm. a fantastic thing of some sort. 
as mm. long as you're doing it in a, in a smart way. I think the, the the fitness industry as well could be exacerbating this mm. this uh, perception of. I mean, we we spoke about just earlier talking about one rep max testing and how it should be a very infrequent thing. Mm. If I look up and down my Instagram, it's all one rep maxes. Like no one's no one's putting on sets of. 10 or 12 or something mm. it's always just like look how much weight i can get on the bar look at my heavy deadlift squat bench whatever lift it may be because that's the most impressive thing that's what's going to get mm. engagement and therefore i think particularly young people we spoke about seeing that on a frequent basis i think that's think, what they always do my little brother's a prime example he's mm. he's been talking to me about going to the gym he tries to max out his bench every single week mm. every every week he will do one one time he will try and hit one rep max mm. and i've told him don't do that. <laughs> this, yeah. this is a bad decision, especially with a with a, with a lift where you might not have a spotter on you. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, it's always been about all right. Social media has made it worse because we, you know, it's engagement. But when I was a kid, I was reading like Flex magazine and T Nation and all of that stuff, mm. and it was the same. But then, I think you have to go through it. You have to break yourself, and if you're still passionate about doing it, you'll soon like sift it and find the right yeah, you people to. It's true. I think we've all been guilty of like overtraining or being really like restrictive with oh, stuff. Today you're yeah. doing like some flexibility thing in the gym and it's cool, right? But it's like I've broken myself so much you don't realise how much I've snapped myself. But that's through like trial and error because I actually mm. learned it wrong before I learned it right. Mm. But then some people just come out the other way. It's just the process of your your journey basically. Yeah. Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> That's the one, Annie. Yeah, this is this is the role. <laughs> Why didn't you let Annie do it? Oh, that would have been so much on. better. Okay. I'm not going to do that. Nah. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to do that. We're just going to be sat here in silence for ages. <laughs> this is this is the reason. Why. Exactly. We're going to bring the heat. At least we know where we stand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the podcast. Yeah, there we go. Exactly. We got her in. That's 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 the important mm. stuff. Um, well. In this Royal Rumble, Annie, just just in case you needed a quick recap, I'm going to assign everyone a uh, a topic or a an opinion, and they have to back that in an argument and try and persuade everyone else in the group that their way of thinking is the the superior mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Okay. So I think you're all going to like these ones because Nat, you are backing weightlifting. Andy, you are backing strongman. I am backing bodybuilding. And Annie, you're obviously backing powerlifting. Amazing. You're obviously backing booty bands. (laughs) Yes. Your extensive experience. Uh, uh, Three, two, one, go. Yeah, I'm basically all of you in one. A strongman. Yeah. Like you can't even move. Like you literally can't even put your hands above your head. It's just an excuse to get fat. I'm strong. I do axel. It's like four times the weight you put above my head. When you when you go for a push up, your belly hits the ground before your chest does. Yeah, standard. Shorten the shorten the lift. Shorten the range. I'm super mobile. I'm super strong. I'm strong and I'm mad. I get to pull sumo though, so I don't think we need to go on. Yeah, but an Atlas game is sumo. Ah, oh. there you go. Okay, well, I look sumo. Mine is the mine is the, <laughs> the safest loading loading, and therefore uh, like no one's no one's got to be worried about getting injured. Uh, I, people can definitely get injured bodybuilding. Yeah, they can, yeah. but it's less frequent, I believe. Yeah, no, they're weird. You're, you're permanently injured. <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh, hell yeah! You're permanently injured. <laughs> okay, walking, you just look strong, but walk, you're not. Walking around town. All right. Well, if I'm walking walking into a club. 
a lady's not going to say, oh, how much do you deadlift? Yeah, she's but you're, gonna, that means you're you super shallow. She's going to see some big old guns. <laughs> and and bodybuild as well. Yes. So then I get to powerlift and be a bodybuilder, big and but grizzly. I'm strong and big. Oh, okay, so I'm basically like, yeah. you're, you're low-key backing me a little bit. No, right? no, 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 yeah. no, no. You're saying you're bodybuilding, no, body which is terrible. Big. <laughs> Bodybuilding's pointless. Bodybuilding is the accessory to powerlifting. It's the oh, fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's there just accessory work. Nothing feels better than an arm pump, and oh I will not God. be persuaded. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm permanently pumped. Pumped out. <laughs> Puffed out more I can life. rest the axle on my okay. stomach. You are, you are <laughs> And I'm strong, man. And you're, and you're going to burst a blood vessel in your. In your hang on, hang on. We haven't, we haven't addressed the uh, uh, slinglets either, yeah. as well. What do you wear when you're bodybuilding? You wear a nice tank, some shorts. I'm sorry, bodybuilders cool get on trainers. stage and wear like. Yeah, we've oh, no, seen what they wear. I'm back in. Bodybuilders are the guys that walk around in the tank tops. You're not a bodybuilder until you've got striations on your left glute. Yeah, in fairness, I was I was backing backing the prototypical lifter. Yeah, in fairness, that is the little speedo. Who doesn't want to look bronze and have tiny balls? I get to eat nine thousand calories. I feel like you're out. To be fair, I want to join strongman. I get to eat ten thousand calories. Andy is selling me on strongman. Strongman is funny. Just do something you're all good at: getting fat. Yeah, kind of strong. Eddie Hall, what a legend. Woof. Have you seen him? He's actually like... He actually is, is so ripped a fucking right tank. The foundations of bodybuilding like start with strength. Strength yeah. is the mother of all qualities when everything else is equal. <laughs> or Aristotle. Calm yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's Andreas, actually. <laughs> Andreas Stottle. <laughs> I think we can let the people decide. And I think I know what which which one of these is most popular. Well, judging by <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> judging by Eddie Hall's Instagram, I mean YouTube, Andy's house. No, and I like, think hey, that probably bodybuilding. Absolutely, yes. Nah. Well, no, no, no because I don't think anyone wants to look like a bodybuilder. Why? Why it's does, more like physique. Why does everyone? Yeah, I feel like a mixture physique. between yeah, physique training, yeah, a mixture between like a bodybuilding <laughs> and powerlifting. Mm. Is the is the yeah, that's actually a thing. The dream marriage, right? There. That's actually yeah. a thing. What's has it got a name? It's like body power building. Body power, power building. Power building. Power building. Oh yeah, yeah, like Lego and that. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the scientific stuff. I like fucking Pilates, so fuck off all the Booty bands and Pilates win. <laughs> Max thought bodybuilding was just prancing around the gym in his vest on. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a bikini, bro. <laughs> anyway, moving briskly on, uh, Annie. Um, uh, you've not talked about your, your coaching philosophy. Why don't you want you hit us with that uh, semi-sales pitch? Why why should people come and come and say hello to you? Why should people come and say hello to me? Sorry, I've gone blank here well that's 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 all right um what would your sales like- pitch to women looking to get strong be then in that case so so when it when it comes to uh lifting i think again there's that prototypical stereotype in the back of some people said i don't want to lift i'll get bulky. i think okay i think for most people i like massive generalizing but especially women like they just want to get smaller so right. i'd like people to come and train and then instead of thinking about getting smaller more like what their body can do mm-hmm. and then focus more on like the weights they're lifting and the things they're doing instead of it just being like I want to like just shrink like that's not that's not what lifting should be about like I want people to feel like they can eat more and do more and move more and not just feel like 
get smaller and smaller because that's yeah. that's what I was in the first like that's how I started out mm. and then I like saw the way <laughs> and got into powerlifting and then ultimately just get everyone into powerlifting that's the ultimate goal just make everyone <laughs> just have an army of female powerlifters <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that, that, that's that's one of the really sad things I think a lot of people just looking to get as, as small as possible but it's interesting looking at beauty standards and how they've changed throughout the years because oh, I think yeah. Time Magazine <laughs> had like a thing in the 1950s of what the ideal uh, woman's body shape was mm. and it's just interesting that like, looking at that through the years how that's completely changed and it's gone from I, I, I don't know how, how, oh, how curvy you are actually. to then stick thin in like the 90s yeah, yeah. it was like Paris Hilton like Marilyn Monroe and then, then it was like Paris Hilton yeah. and then it was like Kim Kardashian yeah. and then it was like Botox. something else and yeah. it's like I'm just waiting for it to jump on a trend that yeah. fits with me. You know, sort of actually, yeah. Stay the same, stay the same, yeah, and eventually yeah. you will come into fashion. How annoying though, if you're always trying to keep up. Like, oh. For fuck's sake, 90s was, so I was really you... skinny and now I'm just trying to eat everything. <laughs> but would you say that, it's, that flips the other way with people wanting to get bigger as well? What do you mean? What do you mean? So like, it's, it's a problem, as you say, people wanting to get smaller, smaller, smaller. But it's more about what you can do and what you can achieve with the way you move and what your capacity mm. is. Do you think it goes the other way with people just wanting to get bigger, 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 bigger? Is that still a mental problem? I don't understand. I think both of them are, are issues yeah. of people one wanting one. to get larger and more muscular and one, per, oh, one person wanting to get smaller and smaller. Mm. I think that is an issue. I think, yeah, women's, women's body standards do change so much with the times. However, I, I do think it's a slightly different kettle of fish with blokes. Do you know? I, I oh, genuinely I do. do. I think there is always like the one perceived result, which is Arnie, can I get, well, I want to be the biggest bloke in the room. Because I've that's always seen, sort of, yeah, I've always seen goal. like the guys that want to get like that think that they're going to get loads of girls, but when you talk to the girls, they're like, no, they, they hate like that. Yeah, no, exactly. But it's so weird. Like it's a weird misconception. Why, why is that the case though? Yeah, but, same with, yeah, but same with women. It's... It's not just that you want to attract the opposite sex, though. It's that you want to intimidate the same sex, I think, at the mm. same time. Yeah, but then so I, I just think... I, I genuinely think that, that is no, the No, but thing, surely though. if somebody came in True. who had, like, bigger arms than you, you what? wouldn't think... No? What? He's <laughs> doing oh, my programme, but that ain't happening. <laughs> you wouldn't think, oh, my news. God, this is, he's really intimidating. I know him in the BGL. Absolutely. No. His goal is to get a bicep with a third head. Yeah. <laughs> Make the bite a try. Just, just, just sprout another one at some point. Oh, I just, I don't know. I think. No, it's. I, I think it's. It's genuinely a thing. I've been. Uh, I've been at house parties and social events and stuff like that. The amount you get commented uh, commented yeah. on of, oh, you're looking, you're looking big, mate. Oh, you're looking strong. <laughs> the reason like, why, yeah, yeah. No, that's <laughs> different kind of different kind of party where you put the but keys in the bowl. Now, the um, reason why I say it is, I don't go to those parties anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've been. The reason why I say it is, I've been around a lot of physique athletes over the years. Right, and <laughs> those guys are the guys that seem to have the most mental health problems in the fitness industry. Yeah, you get the most body dysmorphia by oh, a mile. Yeah. I think. Health yeah. and fitness industry is probably but the most like, unhealthy industry. They're like. You'll ever be. <laughs> they're like then training their clients who are not that interested in that stuff but like that's the advice they're giving across when it's really their own issue and yeah. I think that's a big danger in the industry when it's coming from that place Yeah. but they're not even aware of it yet no I think a lot of people are just in the fitness industry are insecure about themselves because they are you're surrounded by mm. people who are all striving towards the same things and you're obviously going to come into contact with people in incredible shape and I think that's why it's so prevalent here. If you work in accounting 
and you go into your office and you know you've been to the gym two three times a week you know you've got some like 13 inch arms then you're walking in like you're like you're the biggest man in the room you're done in it exactly I feel like yeah that's why people most most personal trainers anyway that's why they become personal trainers mm. is because they started working out and they think oh, oh I, this, I like somebody this. has mentioned and said why don't you do this as your job mm. but a lot of people started working out because maybe they wanted to improve how they looked. Mm. And that's, that's how the, it snowballs. Absolutely, that's the wrong thing. Annie, so interestingly, you've joined more than muscle. What was your motivation to be on a personal trainer? To be a personal trainer? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I feel like from when I, the process I went through of like wanting to train, like I said, just to be smaller, to then changing my mindset and being like, oh, actually I can do all these cool things, like lift these weights and like learning how to eat properly and move properly. That was what motivated me to go to uni to actually mm-hmm. like learn more. And then I learned all about the, all the health benefits and everything like that. And I just honestly think that like everyone should exercise in some form or mm. another. I just think everyone can benefit from it. Mm. And that's kind of just why I wanted to become a trainer, like somehow educate people. And like, and also because there's so many people out there saying the wrong things. And like mm. someone needs to say the right things, <laughs> say the right things to people so that, that people don't fall down the trap of, I don't know, I guess what I did at the start. You learn from your own experience though, yeah. don't you? Absolutely. We've, I think we've all been guilty of doing some stupid things like when it comes <laughs> to our own, looking after our own health and mm. fitness. And you learn from that and then you want to steer people away from it because you're like, I've been there. This doesn't work. <laughs> mm. Um, in terms of um, like just because we touched on it earlier, Annie, with um, with powerlifting and weightlifting, mm. um, what would you say, uh, Andy? I'll, I'll, I'll come to you because I know you're going to be itching to get in on this. Um, <laughs> what's some of the best ways uh, when it comes to working towards multiple goals? So I think we have a lot of it with clients, and oftentimes the goals will be um, uh, counterintuitive. So one will be I'm going to run a marathon, and then I'll, but I also want to look like super super jacked. Um, so how do I how how do I best go about trying to finesse two goals at once in a program? Sick. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna go on any. <laughs> go on any. Well, I'll talk about weightlifting and power because when I did weightlifting and powerlifting, I, I don't think it wasn't sustainable, which is why I had to stop. Mm-hmm. That it, it just didn't work. I mean, yeah. at the start, because I was like learning to weightlift, the le- weight I was actually lifting was not a lot at all, so I could just get away with doing all the training I was doing because I was like lifting the bar or like 25 kilos it wasn't a lot but then as the numbers like especially in powerlifting started going up and the weightlifting numbers as well like that was when it got more unsustainable so I feel like you can do both at the same time but you're not going to make the same progress if you just did weightlifting you'd get better at weightlifting quicker if you just did powerlifting you get better at powerlifting mm. quicker so I don't know I'll let Andy take over to talk about yeah. that it reminded remind me of a good analogy I saw once which is just like it, it was talking about experienced trainees because like, obviously you can lose lose body fat and gain muscle simultaneously mm. much more easily in the mm. earlier stages of training mm. and it gets harder and harder the greater your training age. Um, but then I saw someone just post, I think it was on Twitter or something, just uh, uh, trying to uh, lose body fat and gain muscle at the same time is a lot like trying to shit and vomit at the same time. Mm. It's probably easier if you just do one at a time. Mm. Gross. <laughs> yeah, not horrifying. But I was like, oh, I kind of, kind of get it though. Mm. <laughs> well, I think it comes down to first, is it realistic? Because if it ain't, tell them straight away, nip it in the bud, otherwise you're pissing in the wind. Yeah. But it can be done, and it comes down to priority, which one you want to prime the most. But if there's multiple things, then periodization is the model of stuff that we use to predict outcomes. And there's different periodization models. 
Most people in their most basic form will use a linear, which basically means you run through different periodized models of energy and strength qualities and outcomes. But the danger with doing that is you get through different outcomes to get to one. And say, for example, you start a strength endurance to begin with and you end up with strength, your strength endurance will then deteriorate by the time you get to strength. So you end up peaking towards an end game. But you can use other things like undulating periodization. There's different formats of that, but undulating periodization helps us bring up multiple qualities at once. So that's one way of doing it. But the biggest danger happens when you do concurrent training, when there is multiple things being trained at one time and they basically are counterintuitive to each other. And you have to be very, very smart about how you drive those out if that's a priority. Most of the time when people have loads of goals with the demographic that we work with, it's because they're kind of also a little bit uneducated. Like they'll mm. say, I want to put on 10 kilos and I want to run a marathon. And it's like, we can make you put 10 kilos on over a certain amount of time because newbie gains, right? Mm -hmm. But we need to do that over a systematic period for it to happen. But let's get you to run and complete a marathon first because it might be a little bit counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. But yeah, periodization is basically the key to that. Does anyone want to do a do a coffee noise for me to introduce Max's coffee corner? A coffee noise. Yeah, I'm 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 not very good at the Nat, coffee noise. Nat, Nat started doing this. You should do it one time, and then I've just kind of hung on to it from <laughs> this point. What is that? I don't know. What no, it that's sounds the more like a kettle. Oh, I'll that's do a, one. That's a, a cup of tea. That's the protein shake. But anyway, <laughs> we'll we'll yeah. run with it. Can you go to the toilet after? <laughs> Diarrhea disposes. <laughs> Oh, You're it's a smutty, a smutty, dirty conversation. That's an Escafé gold right there. Yeah, is that's what that does to you? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> mate. Um, so I just thought I would I would touch a little bit on coffee, um, and I don't know where Annie used to used to had a short period as a barista as well. Yeah, would you long period would, actually. Would, would you consider yourself a, a coffee snob or? or um, probably not on your level. No, <laughs> I'm more on about level. No one's on my making level. the coffee look pretty. That's my like with the milk. You know, that's the goal. Yeah, a latte. What's the jazziest pattern you can do? Honestly, not even that exciting. I don't even know what it's called. Like a wave heart or a tulip or? Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. both cool, of those cool, cool, cool. at yeah, the same yeah. time. Both of those. <laughs> <laughs> one, on one, one on one side of the mic, one on the other. Annie, what have we just spoken about? Multiple <laughs> goals, come on. Um, no, I just, a uh, fun fact, uh, anyone know the biggest coffee producer in the world? Coca-Cola. I do, because I can read it on country. the brief. Country. <laughs> okay, don't read it on the brief, Annie. Nat and Andy. Coca-Cola? What? Country? Whole country. country. Yeah. Oh, fucking Vladimir Putin's Russia. <laughs> Ethiopia. Uh, Ethiopia is probably one of my favourites, but no, it's actually Brazil. Um, uh, and yeah, you, you, you classically, you see it an awful lot. Um, large, there, there is. Uh, you, you, large, you largely <laughs> see it um, uh, being from Brazil most often when you when you look at your, at your coffee bags um, because it is a year-round crop there. So unlike a lot of countries where it is seasonal for summer's rarest only three months of the year, Brazil is year round and therefore it's one of the most popular places to get your coffee from and they're the biggest exporter because they've always got the climate for it so it grows 12 months of the year. Wow. Aye. And Brazil nuts. Mm. I don't know. That's another thing that I need to look at. Yeah, you're looking, at, looking at your growing region. Exactly. <laughs> What's the best region? 
Uh, so, so it's not necessarily the country, but you get specific farms in countries which can do really, really nice stuff. Mm. Um, so if we get really nerdy like that, although oftentimes you can tell certain countries tend to do things that you quite like, um, although it's a personal preference thing. It's there's no this country's the best at this. Thank you everyone for listening to the More Than Muscle podcast. Thank you Annie for coming in and spending some of your very valuable time with us. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. You're so welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Bringing a new savage element to the podcast that we really enjoyed. Um, find us on socials, uh, More Than Muscle LTD, PT Nat Sylvester, PT Andy Pelides, Annabelle's Lifting, Max Dodd Fitness. It's the last one you only really need to pay attention to. And thank you very much for listening. We no, will, uh... go and check out Annabelle. Like, <laughs> give her a follow. Annie's the one. Annie's the one you've got to go go and look at. Um, thank you very much for listening, and we will uh, see you next week. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs>